before we get to the Dharma talk, I'd like to thank everyone who's been helping us uh, participating in this community in whatever way, either by just attending, studying together with the rest of the community, the Sangha, uh, both uh, off in the distance on Zoom and close up by walking in the right under the Tory gate there on the east side of the building, the uh, temple. So also want to uh, ask for more help. If you can help us, please. And thank you. This morning's Dharma talk, I'm going to look on here because I actually wrote down what I told Junshu when she asked me what it was. Oh, I can't seem to get that pin right. Did you ever have that trouble? No? Just me? Where is it? It is projecting confusion. So projecting, uh, I even had a, a note or two here, projecting causation. Who did that or caused that to happen? Thinking things, uh, the projection part is thinking that things occur because of our interpretation of the situation. We think or conclude without really looking deeply into the experience beyond our thoughts about it, beyond our thoughts about it. And you won't be able to do that if you try to think about going beyond your thoughts about it, because that the very nature of confusion is set up that way. You'll only be able to do it with a strong awareness practice. Do I know that for sure? I don't know anything for sure. And if you know something for sure, uh, you're wrong. If you don't mind me helping you a little bit. Has anybody ever dropped their phone next to the sink where there's wet and the and then the phone yells at you, your phone is wet? Remember that happen? I haven't either. Do you think that's coming up with AI or something? It will tell you uh, that, uh, yeah, it will tell you that the phone is no longer uh, wet or something like that. Do you know about that? You guys are way behind. <laughs> <laughs> Only awareness sees beyond thought. Thought is trapped by thought. Thought loves thought. Thought will, will think about the thought that is rising as I'm being aware of my thoughts. Probably not. If you don't mind me helping. So what happens? Something sh shows up in our mind stream or whatever it is, and we, we step beyond that into some other situation and then invent things about it based on protecting our own self-centeredness, our own territory, our own, our own, our own ideas, our thoughts, our opinions, and so on. So it is about being aware of that, not so much changing it, because if you try to change it based on your thoughts about it, then again, that's the very nature of the confusion is to try to use thought to fix or to change. So not that that can't, begin to occur in some way with someone who has really strong awareness training practice, someone who is, is able to actually begin to lead with their awareness uh, in any situation, whether it's at the wall or in the other room in your house with your partner, friends, neighbors, relatives, jumping to conclusions. We're, we're so terrified or afraid of not knowing what's going to happen next. And what is that? What is the assumption there? That there is a next. There's no way you can believe what I said because you can't understand what I've said. 
because I don't understand what I've said in the sense of what I'm, what I'm pointing at to be able to come back through that and tell you again what I just said. That I leave that to attorneys. So to come back to the main idea here, the, the main emphasis on, on training your mind so that you or any of us, I could see better what is actually happening. The ideas get to the wall and go into that. Um, voluntary openness. You're volunteering to sit down and not know what this is. You're volunteering to sit down, sit symmetrical, and just watch what comes, what shows up, what turns sideways, goes this way, gets larger, gets more intense, starts to back off. Just observe that happen and see if you can see if there's anyone there that is observing that. See if you can see if there's anyone in there that has any say-so about what thoughts come up. Let me know how that goes. So it's a pretty pretty simple statement uh, about projecting, but it's going to show up differently with each person. You might even have trouble comparing notes about that kind of thing because it can be so different, different show up so much differently because of the force of the content or how much passion, aggression, is, and ignorance is attached to or trying to get some kind of territory in that area of your mind that is doing what? Grasping, rejecting, or ignoring, or destroying anger. If I get up and have to leave, it's because I do not feel good. I don't think it's anything dangerous other than upset. So I'll do the best I can to continue. It might be good if you have some questions that will keep me here a while. Yes. Um, the area that comes up for me here is some difficult situation arises and I project like an ownership of who caused it. Like they, they did this or they're confused. Blame. Blame. Um, how does that protect the self-centeredness? Well, then, then there's, you, you're reinforcing the whole duality. You're here. And so you're self-centered. Which may look like just the truth is just that I'm I'm the only one that can see this the way it is, the form of uh, sociopaths do. I mean, to use that category. Go ahead. It it just looks so believable. It really looks like before that person came and did that thing, I was fine, and they caused me to feel bad. Yes, um, you described it perfectly. Is there a way to see? that which is being triggered before someone comes and kicks that up? The only way that I know of, I'm not saying that different people might have, uh, just because of the way they're wired, might might have a have a, more of a leg up or an advantage in, just by being, say, uh, very subjective, where they're already turning within quite a bit. But if they're turning within with no mind training, then they're just reifying, reaffirming, validating, justifying their ideas, their opinions, their beliefs, and which protects them from what they are afraid of. But if you're protected from what you're afraid of, then you don't really know what it was that was even causing the fear because it's, you're shut off from it. So the idea there, or as, excuse me, as far as what you're asking about is uh, the, you're gonna, you already know what I'm about to say, train, train that which observes. 
and sit down, hold still, and become as strong an observer as you can. If you want to use a, a kind of a very relative way of saying it, just become nothing becomes stronger. It's already the case. You're just uncover you're uncovering the awareness that you've been covering up with your thoughts, opinions, ideas, judgments, and so on. And you've stopped doing that because you are asked to observe. Well, if you observe the thoughts, ideas, opinions, judgments, and so on, you begin to see that they they can't maintain their status as an, an opinion about that unless you're adding to it. Because if it's just that, if you just see your bullshitting yourself you don't do anything with it you don't fix it you don't you don't outflow you don't blame anyone you could say you're being responsible for it but there's no one to even be responsible i would call it more like just you're sincere about this you want to know what this is you're you're done lying to yourself you're done believing any anything that anybody's doing or saying you need to see it you don't need somebody to come up and explain and Justify it, validate it, push it on you. In a certain sense, it seems easier to receive that difficulty on the cushion because if it comes up, I don't have to do anything but sit there. Um, so when that intensity comes up and I still need to talk to somebody or work relatively yes. with somebody, it's like that negativity prevents or just completely um, takes the energy out of what I'm trying to do how, how do we continue to function when that negativity is so intense so you're just to make sure what you're asking me i'm going to tell you what i think you're asking me and you agree or disagree or, or say it again uh it looks like you're asking me to give you some kind of a technique or attitude or teaching that will help you uh work with that in such a way to shut it down and turn it away or turn it off is that what you're asking me if it was, I want to re-ask it a different way. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to answer the wrong question. What is it to keep functioning in the midst of our negativity? Be aware. Go ahead. There's a question right after that. How do I... Yes, go ahead. It's a little different. Oh, oh it is. is. So it's not the right question. Is what looks like shutting down still functioning? I would have to say yes, because you're, you're just watching it's as if you put anything on top of that. And so you're, you're no longer aware that you're shutting down, but now you have a reason for shutting down. Or you have a, a more clear description of what the shutting down actually is. You've actually left the shutting down for thoughts and ideas about it. You can't stop doing that, but you can observe it so that it just because thoughts are self-existing, there is no thinker behind them. And in that way, things can cool off. But I can give you a, a, a recommendation that I recently gave someone. I know who it is, but I'm not going to say their name. To alternate between the sense fields. If you're in a situation where it's your everyday at the kitchen table anxiety or interacting with a neighbor or, the, or someone, and, there, and that's kind of coming up and there's a tendency to want to blame, but you have, an, you have some insight there that there's just an awful lot of anger going on or discomfort here going on for what just occurred, the little trigger that walked by or showed up and said, da, 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 da. They walk away and suddenly you're upset. Is that what you're referring to? Go to the sense fields. There's five things, probably more, but there's five things that we know of that are on receive that are not thinking. Sight, smell. Taste, touch. What's that other one? Hearing. 
why did you use a, a visual? Oh, American Sign Language. Is that what it was? It would be this. Okay. Well, we don't want to get too derailed too far here. So do you follow the, the understanding behind that, that you're still on receive, it's just that you're not re receiving, you're not just totally focused on the thoughts that are coming, that are bouncing around in your mind because of this trigger, because of the apparent causation that was not a causation. It was just a part of dependent origination that shows up to remind you that you have a whole junkyard that you're ignoring, or I'm about to show it to you, because of this person held up a piece of junk and walked by. Suddenly, all the junk that you've been hiding out from shows up. And what are you going, what are you going to do? Blame the person that just tried to teach you something. Everything is your teacher. The teacher is here just to kick you, perhaps, or encourage you, perhaps, or smile at you, or run away from you, or ignore you. They might take any direction at all. And they, if they're a true teacher, will have no idea why they're doing what they're doing. If they have some kind of figure it out, or then then we're back into the psycho psychology and philosophy and, and that stuff. And that may be the only way you can work with it. It's not that that's wrong. It's just doesn't as quite as far reaching as awareness. Go ahead. General Bowing is part of the difficulty with that trigger, um, like a negative thing shows up, is part of that difficulty that I'm forgetting my other senses. I'm just becoming yeah. fixated. Ignoring. You know, fastened on what's happening instead of listening, receiving what's happening, but receiving this, receiving the sound of the air purifier, receiving motions that happen. I'm looking at you, but but I'm seeing everything in here. Not focused on it, but I know who's here. If if someone, I, I'm not saying I would always, it's like I've got this great memory for anything. Where is the memory machine, by the way? Not feeling well? Speaking of cues on. Yes, sir. Maybe, but I, um, I'm paraphrasing, but a little bit earlier, you said something. Let's see if there's any personality to the observer. See yes. if you can see any. If there's, and to me, it feels like there, it always feels like there is something attached to that. Or there is some sort of aspect of self that feels like it's observing yes that's, that's ego yeah. the actual observer if you're actually receiving you won't know it and i'm i mean that what i just said right? but you can take it a different direction and see if we can deconstruct what i just said so is it just looking at that feeling that there is something someone or observing is it? Or is that what I should be looking at? What did you describe? Say what you described. The, Was it your perception? It seems like the personality. That's that, what you should be looking at. We're not looking for the truth. We're looking for the lie. In order to, to see, we have to look. This is what the Buddha saw. Illusion. That was his awakening. He saw that everything, everywhere, was unreal. That doesn't mean it wasn't right there. That's why it's so convincing because it nerve endings come together, sound, smell, taste, touch, hearing, thinking come together and and affirm that, uh, which is the teaching of the five uh, skandhas. That's what that teaching is about, breaking down the consciousness of perceiver 
the perception, the whole mechanism in such a way that you can see it. So you can see there's no person in there through a, using a uh, conceptual description of it more. So does that feeling of a personality behind the observation go away? No. And why would it? It's just an illusion. It doesn't have to go away. It's actually quite enjoyable once you see what it is. And you may, if you don't track this, what I'm saying, then ask some questions about it because it may be quite enjoyable, even entertaining to, to see how, how, confused, how confused your mind is. And it's unreal. You don't have to get rid of it. You do not have to get rid of negative feelings or thoughts. It's actually, it's beyond, they actually transcend that because it is unreal. So therefore, some of it may disintegrate and come apart. You never, you may never be uh, really irritated at anything that that, uh, that used to make you very impatient. And, and then you kind of enjoy the impatience because you know it's, there is no fault anywhere, no blame anywhere. Even though there you could say, well, the, the in the waiting room, the doctor, you know, over overbooked, and suddenly, you know, we've got fifteen people in there instead of uh, nine. So that kind of thing. You actually begin to see the humor in the whole thing. It doesn't mean you're gonna you you are going to break up laughing, but you just see that it's, uh, it's odd the way we we we've always jumped at things and clamp down and it's right, it's wrong, and try to explain and try to blame ourselves or blame others. Then, oh, no, it's me, it's me, it's all me. I'm the one that can't get it straight. So yeah, this is why the teaching is saying, just observe. Just observe. You go get up from the wall and go down the hallway or to the living room, the porch, go out to feed the cats. Just observe. If you are just observing, I always say, often say, you won't know. You won't know that you're observing. But that is a way of pointing at something that's even harder to, to understand if I say it a different way. I would say there is observing, but there's no observer. So the observing could become more intense because it is no longer worried about open space. It's no longer worried about making sure there's some kind of follow-up that says, yes, you are seeing correctly or you are you're just observing. More. See, Bowen, if you are seeing um, and you have that comical like lightness, mm -hmm. uh, is that still attaching to the self because there's some part that is humor? Yeah. No, I'm not saying that, of course, that couldn't happen, but that's that was going to show up. Uh, um, along that, not the same, not the same thing. But sometimes people tr try to be funny. I mean, they actually use hum humor to protect themselves. I recently had a neurologist do that, rather than help the patient. There was more about projecting themselves. So I would say the way you're asking me the question, I would say, not that we don't want to set up a standard about that. So there might be times when that when that could show up. But there would be some kind of differentiation going on there that may not be all that obvious, other than you just, it's almost like you just kind of sense there's something fishy about this humor, uh, either out there or in yourself, that you, it's, that you can actually 
because of your sitting practice of meditation, your awareness of prioritizing the awareness over what arises in it, the awareness starts to get, it's like a really, uh, the, the, the room that you're in is very clear other than the objects that are coming and going. Whereas in the person who is, has no mind training or is clogged up with their belief in their right and wrong and so on like that, that person, the atmosphere in the room is, is it's like it's full of smoke. You can't, can't really see clearly what it is. So I'm not sure if I wandered around too much in responding, but but I would say it probably happens in both ways, depending on lots of other differentiation that you might not be able to track down because it's, it's too much of it. Um, Kelsey, so if the like analogy of there being smoke in the room, yes. if you're seeing someone else respond from their ego in a strong way, yeah. um, that is awareness right because you're seeing clearly but then it it almost feels sometimes like it feeds something in my own ego of seeing mm-hmm. their confusion um, yes i don't know what my question is well that's far enough i can i can <laughs> respond to that how was that that's what i'm saying is there don't go any further with it it's just you just saw it so it gets suspicious if you try to validate or reify and say this was actual seeing awareness, seeing this or seeing the humor or seeing the smoke or seeing anytime there's a second a second opinion or a, a validation of it. Relative truth needs that. We need to have that. Otherwise, we can't, the cars won't run and we can't figure out what's happening with the electronics uh, or our health. Even that, that's really confusing. And that's just uh, uh, dependently risen in terms of uh, uh, physical situation, what is being ignored there. And I have no knowledge about medicine particularly, but they're ignoring that the consciousness and they're making assumptions about consciousness, the food digestion and body temperature and all that. I think there's that that's all just automatic. There's nothing automatic. So. Further questions? Yes, sir. So, um, if if we see that the negativity that's showing up is an illusion, can that still be triggered? Still be difficult? Yes, because uh, seeing that it's an illusion, you might be talking to yourself about it. So, to actually see that it's a, that it is, it is unreal, that is an illusion. You you won't have to maintain that. Whereas. Uh, you see it's an illusion. You feel that that's giving some, some protection or some insight. You're making some progress. The very nature of, of spiritual materialism is to think you're getting somewhere. And so don't do anything with it. Don't maintain it. I sometimes say if if that's interesting or if that's valuable, just return to it. Shouldn't be hard to find. Unless there's a lot of laminations around it of thoughts and ideas, judgments, validations of what you've just been seeing. When I say you won't know it, it's not that there won't be a knowing, but there's no personhood that is getting a credential or cashing their check at the end of the week for doing such a good job of being a separate being. What knowing? It looks like I have the story, or just to talk about it that way, that something comes up and I outflow and yell at somebody or get angry. You yell. Yes. And no. Yeah, so. <laughs> Go ahead. 
the story that comes up is if I would have seen that more clearly, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I hear you. But is that a misunderstanding? Well, you, you know, we can't overuse that word misunderstanding because it's then it looks like we have to fix something or correct something. And I do use that as a misunderstanding. But when there's a tight grasping, locking down on something, then I might say that might be a misunderstanding there. Uh, but it's about seeing that, not st stop doing that, start seeing the truth and that kind of elaborate. So what is it you want to know? Let's work on that one. Is a path just decades of outflowing and watching it? Maybe not decades, maybe <laughs> months and years. <laughs> Let's see who's not laughing. <laughs> More? <laughs> you know. You know, well. I was trying to remember what her name is. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't care. You were talking about the whole junkyard <clears throat> that gets triggered. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. So, <laughs> if, Excused. if uh, we have a whole junkyard, yes. because we're older, so we have lots of junk You're older. accumulated. And You're older? <laughs> no, no. Not I'm older old. than you. Well, not older than me, you know. I just want to make sure that you weren't forgetting the numbers. Go ahead. So um, then we're not triggered by anything if we're alone in solitary retreat or something, just that just the junk that's already there. Is it important to get new junk? New <laughs> Straighten up. <laughs> Pardon me while I take some drugs. I don't know. So what is it you want to know? Is it important to, I mean, do we need to have stuff that we can continue to work on to see if it is it an illusion, that kind of thing? You know, uh, yes, or, or is just pawing through your own junk enough of it? So this, uh, and this is my understanding of it from, from practicing it, not talk to a scholar, they might say, oh, no, that's that's incorrect. Or if you talk to a llama, they might say it's incorrect. But my understanding of creation, completion, or tantric practices, uh, the actual deity yoga practices, are creating something and then seeing it's unreal. Creating something, see it's unreal. Instead of just trying to work on how much you hate the neighbor because they keep um, piling old junk cars. <laughs> old junk cars in the side yard, and we have to keep the windows closed because it's irritating to look at. So that kind of relative uh, situation, uh, that's kind of what the idea is there is to, you can do it. You don't really need a tantric practice or a deity yoga. I mean, you, you might, if you do, then there's ways to work with it that way. But just watch the very things that arise in your mind and see that they're unreal. And how do you do that? You don't push them away. It's almost like you pretend they're unreal. You don't push them away. You don't believe them, grasp them. And you don't turn away or pretend that they don't mean anything. They're not important. Everything is important. And this teaching is something that you've probably heard before. I certainly didn't invent it. That everything, there is no sacred and profane from the point of view of the Buddha's dharma. It's just sacred. Everything is completely, fundamentally, ultimately, totally sacred. And it's not the kind you could total up. You know, we say totally. Because everything is sacred, 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 everything. 
your your pain, your pleasure, your indifference. Sacred, sacred. What do we mean by sacred? I don't know. Look it up. You tell me what it is, and I'll tell you if I agree with it. You don't have to look it up. Is there a further question? On the on the how do we uh, tell the difference between what seems like negativity coming your way and our projection of our own confusion on that situation? What's the question? The question is, how do we tell the difference between so, the negativity coming towards us and the projection? So don't look for, for differences because that will turn take you right in the trap of thinking around and around and thinking, figure out, I got I to gotta figure this out. That's, doesn't that sound sincere? I got to figure this out. And if you were sitting next to the person, you might say, you might align with them and say, yeah, you do. That's a, you better be thinking about that or figuring, figuring something out or get an attorney or something. So what am I saying? Don't differentiate. Just look at it. If it looks positive, negative, neutral, no matter what it does, just receive. Your only job, J-O-B, is to just receive what shows up if you're sitting on the cushion. Just receive it, no matter how much it smells. No matter how much it is irritating, or no matter no matter how magnetizing it may be, and I think I'm onto something. Just observe that feeling. Don't get rid of it. Don't validate it. Don't 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 don't. It's it's very much a, a negative way of working with it, because the ego mind, the illusion, is so extremely positive. And how does it keep that positivity going? By reinforcing polarity, duality, good and evil, right and wrong, back and forth, correct and incorrect. Intelligent, not intelligent, beautiful and homely, all of those polarities. Different question. Um, you said become as strong an observer as you can. Yes. Does that mean just showing up on the cushion? Um, A little bit more, I would say. The way I teach it, it's taught different ways. I say, Get to the cushion, sit down, hold still, and watch what continues to keep moving. You've brought everything to stillness. You may not be maintaining it with some kind of a, a vice grip or something, but you're just sitting here. You're you're relaxed. Sometimes it's even good to raise up a little bit and just kind of settle down into it. And then just observe. And notice when something shows up, how by watching what it moves, see if there's something coming from an, a part of consciousness that doesn't want that. It, it won't really look like an ego. It's not going to look, you're not, you're not, you're not going to get that lucky that soon, maybe in 10, 15 years or longer. I'm very, very slow at understanding or learning anything. I'm lucky to have gotten a high school diploma. Because they didn't have preconceptions about intelligence. The downside of that was <laughs> very difficult years. The first uh, 30, 32, 33 years, very difficult. The upside of that is uh, I'm not concerned about that anymore. Yes, sir. I'm looking at the title of projecting confusion, and sometimes you say that the Buddha awoke to confusion or delusion. Mm -hmm. um, was that a projection of confusion? Initially, it probably was. It's this and that. I'm feeling this way. 
and I don't know why, or I'm feeling this way, and it's because of what I'm doing or not doing, or I'm feeling this way, and it's because of you. So increasing that. So he saw the confusion. Saw and and he saw the 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 duality of that. There's there's no self, empty of self, empty of other, which might take a little longer. Could come at the same time. Chisho, you have a question. Uh, you say that when we receive, you won't know that we are receiving or we won't know what is received. Isn't receiving also a mental process or a process in the mind stream? Bye. Initially, yes, it is. It's a, it's a process. It's accessible. We can, we can deliberately look at the color of this card and uh, and see the lines on it. We can receive the blueness of those lines. We can receive, look out and see. But you're quite often, as soon as you tune into the fundamental situation, which is a color, you go beyond that into who did that, who wrote that. And so when we look at a person, we immediately go to our idea about the person because you can't really deeply see into anyone's consciousness unless you've looked into the consciousness that is uh, appears to be over here. If you've done that, then you're pretty much tongue-tied the rest of your life, unless you have students. As long as there's a student and there's someone who sees, you won't be able to help but teach. So more about that, Tisho, if you have it. Tisho Wang. So is receiving a different type of mental process that is not the usual thinking process? But you, you can a way of saying it would be the, the thinking might still be there. It might be uh, wall hangings right next to that particular doorway. Could be any number of uh, thoughts about it, but it's not interfering with it. It's very complimentary. It's like the awareness. The awareness is in the lead. The awareness is leading, and the thinking process that might be one outstanding dancer, but it's a very bad partner if it tries to do it. Just usurp and make the the consciousness do what you're thinking about. But if you if you you dance with the awareness, and and how does that feel? Like you don't know what you're doing, where you're going, and whose whose ideas are those? Ego, self-centeredness, consciousness is everywhere. There's consciousness. You can't look anywhere that you don't see yourself, who, who you fundamentally are. Of course, this body-mind complex and all of your conditioning and all of your ideas protect you from that. And that's why most people can live in society just going to war, going to peace, going to peace for a while, and then war. Politics are pretty good for three, four years, and then they start to go back the other direction because something is being shut down all over the place. More about that, you show. So that the to go a little further, that thinking area there, like I was using the image of consciousness is just a, an open door, awareness, awareness, awareness. And I was talking about wall hangings on the doorway that you're going through. Just a, I'm very visual, so I tend to see things. If I want to talk about something, I see pictures of it rather than words or concepts. I could go into that somewhat, but I would probably need to get some scholarly help somewhere. It was hard enough to write the three tenets without help. Who are we fundamentally? Not separate. It's an incredible illusion that we're all over the place, spread all over, have our different ideas, identities, 
our boundaries, our this and that and this and that, but the fundamental nature. And if you see what it is, that doesn't mean you have access to everybody's uh, wall safe because we're not separate. No, the, the not, not separation means that you, you no longer need anything. Everything, everywhere you look, this is yours. I mean, it's not yours that you can move it, but if you see an oak tree and it's yours, you don't necessarily rip it up and pull it over here just because you can. Although people do that, they're called gardeners. Actually, thinking about your <laughs> the story you told last night. Oh my goodness. I wish there was time. I'd have you come up here and tell the story. You need to write that down somewhere and get it published. And then, yeah, and I'll pay for the publishing. Okay. Shouldn't be more than about 28 pages. It's already published. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah but that, but I didn't have a hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's in, uh, was it New York Times? The New Yorker. The New Yorker, yeah. It's a great article in the New Yorker. What would I call it? Where Trump Wants to Be Buried. Where the former president wants to be buried. Want to use his name, and and Andy's in there, aren't you, Andy? Yep, they're telling all the crazy things he did. You wouldn't think he he seems like such a conservative fellow, <laughs> but he's not. He's outlandish, outrageous. Are there further questions, yes, sir? Neil Kabowing, questions from YouTube. Person, human, play on. Human person, 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 human. Uh, does language alone create the sense of duality, and do the concepts of real and unreal only exist as useful ideas, but do not really exist? That's an awful lot there. So let's start with the first one. We need the first question. Does language alone create the sense of duality? No. Do the concepts real and unreal only exist as useful ideas? Okay, you can do that. There's a lot more to it than that. That's a, uh, what you are endeavoring to do there. Who is it that's asking? Person, human. I could maybe ask person. If they're real. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but if you just say, is it this way or this way? Or is it this way? Then it's easier for me to just respond and say, yeah, you have a point. But it doesn't go far enough because it just reifies and reestablishes the, the the one who is making such a comment. It's about it's about the question, not about what you're looking for. I'm not accusing you of anything, Milka. I realize that he read that. Further <laughs> <laughs> questions? Any any questions on Zoom? We have a few minutes. If you have them, if you don't, then there's other things. Go, go ahead. Hello, Alan. Let me ask Oh, go ahead. It it looks like when intense emotions come up, that they kind of spin around and create a separation between. Yes me and other stuff and I'm thinking of a, a practice like thank you very much I have no complaints whatsoever mm -hmm. does that help us to break through that or stop uh,
How, how does that help us with that um, spending, doing something that the ego doesn't want to do like that? It just it just adds more uh, texture to the whole thing. That's what you're doing when you're doing um, um, sitting meditation for sure, but also coming in and doing some kind of form in here, like the, the the book study forms. Not just the people studying, but the facilitator also is putting a little bit of friction between uh, what is being said, what is being heard. More. You understand what you asked me? Do you understand it by what you asked or what I said? A little though. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's on to me. <laughs> yes. Further Sogada, did you have a question? Did you have was you just waving at me or? So could I bowing. You hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Um, how is it that language uh, does not cause a sense of separation, if I heard that correctly, bowing? It, the language that arises is just self-existing. It's just It just shows up, and it, uh, it works. If you ask me a question, which you just did, uh, I'm just hearing what I'm saying. I'm not thinking about it. So it's it's uh, the language is is part of the uh, part of the form that shows up as sound. You convert diff the different shapes of different sounds are, have uh, meanings uh, attribution there, and a, a good way to get a good feeling for how much differentiation there is in languages. Just look at what uh, say Mandarin characters mean relative to what uh, the way our work our way of working with words. It's just a different way of of uh, working with that. So it's not to say that going in the area you seem to be going is that that, that isn't a strong uh, structure that ego makes use of. We'll use the ideas, the opinions, the explanations, the judgments, the, and so on. And this is why one of the reasons, uh, if we can, we try to try, if we're studying a traditional text like Dogen or uh, like uh, uh, the 30 verses uh, of Vasubandhu, which is one we, is a very good example. I think the 11 translations we have access to, we don't necessarily look at everyone every time, but sometimes if an area starts to get kind of strange because of the translation is, it does, doesn't seem to be uh, um, too accessible, then we might look at other translations and see if we can't um, get, get some idea of what is being, what the intention is. More, Sogada? No, thank you, bowing. Okay. Yes. You're bowing. Yes. Can the projection of confusion be the projection of wisdom? Well, it might be the projection of the idea of it, but wisdom can't be projected because there isn't there isn't anything there to do something. This is why the non-doing part of training the mind, sit down, hold still, and just do nothing. You're not really doing anything, uh, even when I say just observe that shows up as an identity who's observing for a while, but eventually it just wears out and you're just kind of hanging out. So wisdom is a word that to describe something that, that consciousness in the form of a human being, the Buddha and teach, 
sages down through the centuries have understood by listening to the words of that sage, that enlightened one, and endeavoring to train their mind to see what they were pointing at. Mm -hmm. There's a, a teaching or a saying that you bring up sometimes the Dharma is good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end. How is it good in the middle when it's so painful? Well, you that, that teaching, as I understand it, I don't know where it comes from. Does anyone here know the source of the of that teaching? Buried back there somewhere. But it's a, it's pretty good uh, in that what, what it's basically is, is saying that the progression has gone out of it. What, what, you have to realize it, though, because if you don't realize it, then you'll think there was a time when you were confused, a time when you were practicing, and then a time when you were awake or enlightened. And that's just, that's untrue. Sounds good, though, doesn't it? So good in the middle, good in the middle, good in the middle, good at the beginning, good at the beginning, good in the middle, good at the end. It's just saying that when you see what the Dharma is, because the nature of the Buddha's Dharma, nothing is separate. So everything you've been through is totally valid. It's validated because you see it couldn't have been any other way. And it's not that it couldn't have been any other way, but listen to this, but it could not have been any other way. You hear what I'm pointing at by saying two things at the same time and, and separating one from the other by saying it couldn't have been any other way. But now listen to this. Hear me? See how I'm doing that? It couldn't have been done any other way. This is the same thing twice. Or did I? Why do you hear it one way one time and the another way another time? When I say why, turn that into a what question immediately so that so that you don't search for answers. It has to be seen. In your thought, in your mind, you're, it's, it's like your thought process just backs away. It's there. It's wall hangings. You can read them if you want to. They're there, but they're not yelling at you. It's not like you have a Whatever happened to those microphones that used to stand up here? Oh, is this the microphone now? Mm -hmm. Further? Question? Tommy? Michelle? Come on, Michelle. Once every 32 days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I scared her. Michelle's going to ask a question, guys. Hurry, get to the kitchen, get back. Go ahead. Michelle Bowen. <laughs> um, when you were talking, I noticed it started snowing outside, and my awareness went to the snow instead of what you were saying. Is that ignoring? What you're saying? It's, it's it's situational. It's a we can't totally be fastened on everything. I don't deliberately try to fasten it. If I do anything, I just I'm overwhelmed by what I'm seeing all the time. If you see me listening to someone's question, you'll notice that you might think my mind is wandering, but I just look at everyone. Why wouldn't I? Everyone's here. Everyone is listening. I'm about to address this person's question, but I'm about to address everyone. So I need to know who's here. When I say who's here, I'm not saying I look at Milka and, and think, oh, see, he's he's onto the snow out there, but in a minute he'll be back. And 
Yeah, he's doing the same thing Michelle's doing, being distracted by this number, not listening. Now, if someone comes in here and is on their cell phone the whole time, I'm probably going to say something about it. like, please go out, take your cell phone outside. Rather than, rather than, rather than. Pinar, how are you doing? You have a question? Can't hear. Pinar? Can't hear you. Voice is, is it on his end? Do you think? Well, the the denso gene says it's uh, it's your problem. You <laughs> <laughs> got a thumbs up. <laughs> so you can type it in if it's fairly short. You could type it in, and someone could read it. You know, do that. Okay, very good. Is there another question on uh, Zoom while we're here? Out here, and yes, sir. No kabowing. The gentleman um, gave us his name, Dave, in Suffolk, in England. Asked the question earlier. Hey, Dave. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. Any question? Yes, sir. Kabowing is is full of questions today. Thank you. Is is difficulty an indication that we're not seeing something clearly? Well, it could be. It's, it would be very, very complicated. So the difficulty could be the kind of difficulty that you're going to have when you start looking at something you've been able to cover up for 30 years, you've been able to hide out from, and suddenly the causes and conditions align with facing the wall, studying the Dharma, having difficulty with who? Andre? I mean, anybody. Having difficulty with me or, or with uh, relationship stuff or anything that shows up. It might it might need to come up, but you don't need to go in and analyze that because then that what does that do? That hooks us right up to the merry-go-round or the tilde whirl or the Ferris wheel rotation, right and wrong, right, right and wrong. She said, he said, he said, and it just puts us in there. It's not that it's not hasn't doesn't have a, a relativity that is pretty tasty to the ego because then it looks like you're not to blame for how you're feeling. Somebody else is. All I have to do is get rid of them. If that goes to extreme, then we have uh, a psychopath. We have. Someone is so insanely uh, projecting on on someone else how they're feeling that they're willing to actually take their life with the idea that that will somehow stop the thing. And other people just get divorces. All of it is a misunderstanding. Every single bit of it. And when I say, how do you correct the misunderstanding? You can't. There's, there's, no, there's nothing to correct. It's just... It is it, the misunderstanding is is misunderstanding what you're looking at and thinking that you have some say so about it. You don't. But it's interesting that if you see that you don't have any say so about anything, you stop meddling with everything based on your own passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, pride, jealousy. If, if you're acting out of those energies, it's it just makes things more confusing, not only for others but for yourself. You don't have to do that. You could actually just do what first noble truth. Suffer, because if you're suffering and you try to go to why, I'm not saying you shouldn't take Tylenol like I just did for how I'm feeling. I did, so I'm not saying you shouldn't simply operate in the relative world that we're in. It's it's the demand part that makes it so difficult. 
So if we, if we just know that this situation is, this person is being disagreeable, we could actually consider that they're, they have a per, they have a part to play in this whole uh, charade, this whole, uh, this whole game or stage play. Give, give somebody else the benefit of the doubt. This is, uh, this is part of the spiritual path and the Mahayana Buddhism is uh, put others before yourself. And part of that practice is seeing, here it is, seeing how you can't quite do that. So it's, that's, that's when you begin to see that and you do it anyway, you just continue to return to that, return to that vow, the vow that transcends everything. It's even been said, the vow that transcends karma, transcends cause and effect because it doesn't, it doesn't join it, it doesn't react to it, and it doesn't ignore it. This is a spiritual path as I understand it. If you understand it differently, then go find some students. Come up here, set. Let you hold for us. Is there a, a final or kind of almost final, temporary final? Yes, go ahead. You know, bowing that um, sentence, I can't remember what it was that you repeated twice when you said you hear it one way and then you hear it the other. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> what is that showing us? Showing how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, what I was trying to say as I, going back, I can't remember exactly what was showing, but it just I just noted, noticed that no matter what you say, you, you say it, and then if you say it again, it sounds like the same thing, but there's something different about that. Not just one is a copy or a facsimile, is it called a facsimile or something, but there's something different. There's, there is no now and then. You begin to get to the illusion. Poets work on this all the time. You can read poetry. Chokadawa sent me a, a reading from uh, uh, the playwright Samuel Beckett, so who wrote something that I apparently gave to him or loaned to him years and years ago. He sent me this. Uh, it's a great reading from Beckett. It's a poem by him. But he, there's a, a word repetition that he was doing over and over. And you would read it. And, you, and you'd slowly sink away from what the words meant into the sound of it. And if you read the, the poem, uh, actually, uh, Chokodawa was reading it to me and uh, on a recording. But you could you could feel what he was doing with that with the language taking you away from the conventional meaning of that into a deeper space around the sounds, very much like music. But when you're doing it with just with words, like a poet like uh, E. Cummings or Pablo Neruda, um, uh, Gregory Corso, etc. Um, Bob Holman is also I don't know if Bob's here today, but he's a great poet. If you have a chance to read any of his work. Dinyar has a question. How can I understand that everything is sacred and that everything is an illusion? First, you have to see that it's an illusion. And you have to see that the whole idea of sacred and profane or correct and incorrect, right and wrong, me and the other guys, that, that is, that's the illusion. And you can do that by spending a lot of time looking at the, the illusion maker, which is this. No one here has just dependent origination. There's an assumed identity because I'm you're not I'm not having your thoughts and you're not having my thoughts. I'm having my thoughts. So the feeling of identity just kind of goes with the territory of being a living being with the six sense fields and their objects uh, moving through the, the six realms. So it's like that. That's a description of a human being, uh, technical out of 
out of Buddhist uh, provisional teachings is uh, the, when the five skandhas move into the six realms, this is called a living being. It's an interesting way because the, the way the five skandhas work uh, and the particular state of mind or atmosphere or location of those five skandhas uh, will give you an idea of what's going on there. If they're in hell, it's going to be difficult. If they're in heaven, it's not going to be so difficult, but it'll be closing off because you believe that you've arrived and so on and so forth. Divine, we cannot see things are sacred until we see illusion. You have to see that what you're thinking about and projecting onto is is unreal. It has to be some of that. It seems. I'm not saying it couldn't happen in a way that I don't haven't seen or don't understand or or I'm not clear on. It's possible. Maybe. Lots of have you noticed how you even even uh, identical twins talk to them sometimes. They're not identical. They it's like they begin differentiating 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 themselves as soon as they. They realize how much they look like the other one. Try to dress different. And then there's other twins that really enjoy that. And they just dress in the same clothes until they're in their 80s. Odo, you have anything? You're sitting here. You must have thought of something. Well, I was thinking about how you talk about um, being aware. So during sitting practice, you have thoughts that arise. And when I become aware of them, that tends to kill me. That tends to stop me. Yes. And then there's tends to be a an evaluation and judgment. Yes. Emotions aren't quite that way, but it, it seems odd that there's a that, that awareness ends them like that. You know, when, when your instruction, it feels more like you're, you're saying, be aware of the thoughts while they're happening. But my experience is, as soon as I'm aware of thoughts, they stop happening. Sounds just have a question about it. Well, the question is, um, when you say, are you, when you say be aware like that, is that your understanding that thoughts will stop? No. What if something stops? If you want to use that term, it would be more like what stopped is the grasping at that, rejecting of it, or the shutting down of it. The passion, aggression, ignorance tend to lose their um, ownership in that area. The thoughts are still coming, and that's when you begin to see that there's no thinker that the thoughts are dependently risen. They never did belong to you. You realize, you realize that all of your thoughts, my thoughts right now, my statements, anything I'm saying here, any teaching I'm giving is not coming from a separate being. It's also not like coming from the Buddha or something like that. It's just coming from a dependent origination. And I meet your questions, your, your um, inquiry as close as I can to how it, how it appears. But, but there isn't any thinking around it particularly. Maybe a little, unless I'm talking to Shoto, then I tend to have to think a lot.
always waiting for Andy uh, or uh, Sanjo to really put me on the spot with their, what do you call those things that happen in courtrooms? Legalese. Legalese. <laughs> yeah, and I and if it comes to, comes to legalese, if somebody starts pulling out something and pointing to chapter and verse, everything, I'm sunk because I just would have to agree with you. Cross-examine. I hope you do. <laughs> I need the intention. I really, I need the intention. Is it intention or intention? Yeah, I need the intention. No, I need the attention. Yeah, Cross-examine me. Of course, we'd have to have a topic, though. The fundamental nature of reality. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I won't prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Madame, you don't. I'm going to ask the question that was seemed kind of embedded in Proto's question is, can we be aware while we're thinking without stopping? Yes. Yes, it, it's it's the the way it shows up here. It's it's lack of a person, a personhood in the thinking area. A little bit, but not much. I, I know that this is my voice, but there's no, but, there, but the my, or where is that coming from? It's just a, it's just situational. You need to say something, so might as well say my. That might be where the language situation would would be um, uh, supportive of the self-centeredness. But it, mm -hmm. you know, will we know if we're aware while we're thinking? Somewhat. Awareness is there, but there's no the grasping in a self who knows, a self who is right or a self who is wrong. The grasping goes away. You might still feel like you just said a bunch of things that were untrue because you had this happen to me. I'm, I get the sutras mixed up, and sometimes I think I'm I'm quoting uh, Shanti Deva, and actually I'm I'm quoting Nagarjuna. And then people love to correct you if you do that. Oh no, I don't think that's not my constituent right here. <laughs> I've had that had that not happen a few times. So, and I, so I'm not very accurate in that area if I'm get pushed. But noticing that, it, it just it isn't like somebody feels horrible or feels put upon or suddenly feel, oh, I feel so stupid. How many times have you heard me say that? <laughs> am I stupid? Yeah, probably am quite a bit. But that's not a credential there. You don't get a negative credential for being the person who can't get anything right or a positive credential. So I got this down. I got this. I know what I'm talking about. That relative confidence. No, it's a it's an absolute confidence because you know you're talking right out of what this is. You don't need a credential. You only need a credential if there's something else. If there's a success and a failure, there cannot be any 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 failure. You, you all get up and walk out of the room and never come back. I have not failed, nor have you. That polarity. That's what that's what creates such chaos in the world. Won't add to anything. To take a final question, I guess, or just stop either way. There is one. Yeah, Bowie, no question, but this the uh, question that Shoto asked about the Dharma is good in the middle, good at the beginning, or good in the middle, good at the beginning, good at the end, came from the Mahaparinirvana Sutra, if I recall correctly. And you read the Mahaparinirvana Sutra. See was, how valuable it is when you study? You Now that way you know what Shoto's talking about. That's at least one source. That That's one source. Okay. So, would you have? A, did you uh, by studying that sutra? Did you and you gave a couple of talks on that? How many? I think I studied it for six months. 
you studied it for six months. So six six Dharma talks and you gave on that. So uh, in that area there, what did you what did you gather from what you were reading there that that was pointing at? Did it elaborate? Was there an elaboration on it? Very much so. I don't recall the elaboration particularly, but it goes back to the question I think that Pinyara asked is everything is sacred. Yes. So it looks good in the middle. Good at the end. Good at the, the beginning. Yeah. 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 Great perfection. Okay. I guess we can do what we do next. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.